<laughs> and after a while, it may have wanted you to have it, and after a while, it realizes you and I are totally irrelevant. You know, the dance is that there's a card being put out, but what so is always so. Never, never, never not to be that. So this idea of being convinced, in AA recovery it talks about it a lot. Being convinced that self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its common manifestations. Being convinced of this and being convinced of that. Convinced means to believe with certainty. How many times has your head been totally convinced and changed its mind 20 minutes later? Like, I was totally convinced she was my fairy princess, and then the next day... I hate her. She's terrible. Or you, or you think, oh, that's my knight in shining armor. Oh, fuck. You know, totally convinced, yes. Totally convinced. Totally convinced your life was totally worthless. And then you came in AA and you had to eat those words every day as your life got better. Totally convinced everything was worthless. You were no good. You were bad. You don't deserve anything. And life just kept being bountiful to you. So this idea of convincing to me, just like the program, you cannot, I could not entertain the program as something I did because I felt like it. Because my feelings change. So I could feel like it one day and I may not feel like it another day. What occurred with me is, thank God, I had the ability to be convinced. When finally I came to AA and they showed me the evidence, they, they gave me the blueprint of what a disease of alcoholism looked like, and it hit me to the core. Something happened where I committed myself to that information. Yeah? Committed. I made a commitment. And that commitment rises, takes, takes it out of the idea of feeling, not feeling, you know, I want to do it, I don't want to do it. And it's, for me, it, it was the, one of the first demonstrations of a sober mind, a sound mind. I knew how fucked I was, and that was that. It was never going to get unfucked. It was just the admittance of that it's screwed. From that point on. So this whole idea that we're entertaining here is just a possibility. The head thinks it's entertaining it. So I see people get very excited about it. First two days they hear the message and there. I see the light go on. I sit in front. Yeah, I watch the bulbs go on. But like when I used to travel, I'd have to leave after three days because they, it would be like, you know, the, the villagers after the Frankenstein monster. You know, with the pitchforks, they were going to light me up on fire because they went home and thought about it. Yes? And the self-centered system doesn't particularly like this message. Because in this message, really, there is no point of self. This is not a message of doing and having which self thrives in. It's not a message of getting something, which self loves. It's really a message of you're going to get nothing, and there's nothing to do. Yeah. It sounds really great. The self sound likes it, because it liked to get it, but when it realizes that that implies there's no self, it wants to get back toiling away to try to get better. Yes? Toiling away, jumping through more hoops, hurtling over giant chasms. But this is the message. And for it to be a, a altered or diluted by saying, okay, we're going to practice something, to me is a, is a missing of it. Yeah? It's really about being left with nothing. 
Because it's probably the first thing, first time in our lives we weren't getting something. Yeah? We've had tons of somethings. How, mu- how much has it worked out? Not really that well. So we're going to try nothing. And the nothing is, there is absolutely nothing for you to do. Nothing at all. But what's important is what you hear is that. Yeah? That's the dilemma of the message. The, the message is, you're a lion. But watch, I watch the trajectory of that message a lot. So there's all these ears in the room. And so the message is, you're a lion. And I hear it. You're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. Then it arrives at the ear canal, and something very magical occurs. The statement, you're a lion, turns into, I can become like a lion. Yes? So now you have a choice. I can, or I don't have to. Yes? But in fact, the message is choiceless. You're a lion. All right, it sounds good, because I know my, the self will say, okay, I'm receiving it, I'm receiving it. But as soon as I receive it, I'm going to change it. It's nature, which is, I'm going to make this an option. I can entertain it or not. No, that's not it. The fact is, this is a choiceless message. Do what you will, it's a choiceless message. You are a lion. You can wear the sheep clothing for 10 more years or 30 more years, and you can even hide out in the sheep clothing by wanting to become like a lion, but in fact, that isn't it. You are a lion. It sounds great when you first hear it. Yeah. Because you don't hear it. What you would hear, what I heard was, I can become like one. And now you start reading the books, trying to get an understanding, and maybe you'll have a couple of practices in there, and you'll start practicing them, and the self will get busy selfing, and it nudes the message, which is, you are that already which you are seeking. Or, you are that already which you are avoiding. It doesn't matter. Avoiding and seeking are the same thing. If you're avoiding it or seeking it, you are that which you are avoiding and or seeking. What's looking is what you're looking for. The place you want to find is where you start from. This journey has not a step in it. Or like they hear the open secret and the gateless gate. What the hell do they talk about? What the hell is an open secret? Obviously, it can't be a secret if it's open. Yes. How can it be a gate if it's gateless? Yes. So this is the open secret. In other words, it's attempting to to indicate how obvious the truth is right where we are at any time, no matter what the circumstances and the situations are. In other words, the lion doesn't lose or gain lioness by doing and having. You can't add, like Jesus said, you can't add on or subtract to your stature by thinking. It's basically the similar statement. You can't add on or subtract from what you are by what you think you do or don't do. In other words, it's really the only verifiable, authentic way to be out of self is the recognition you have never been in it. If there isn't that recognition, 
every out of self is, is actually being in self. Yes? And being in self is truly demonstrating that you're out of self. The de- that's the way I go to it. The idea of what you feel like being in self is, is where you see that you're out of self in a sense. Because you see it's an impossibility for me to be in self. Some people will say, well, there was never a self, but I found this was a difficult way to go. Well, no way. Because there will be a self that's now entertaining that there is no self. Right? So, alright. That's selfing. So, what we're, we're not going that direction. We're going to go look at selfing and see it and let it be as real as it wants to be and by letting it be as real as it wants to be, you will see its reality, which is it's unreal. It saves you tons of fucking time. Because someone can say the jewel of all jewels is residing right within you. What will approach it? Because it has to believe there's an approach to it. Because it's Belief is you are something other than that jewel, so it's going to be a journey, or a practice, or a path you're going to have to take to that, yes? So it doesn't matter how beautifully the jewel is described, what's going to hear it is going to make it into a path. We're not going to the jewel. We're going to what it is that you're act entertaining to be you. If you're not that, there is no path to get to where you are. You'll see that that incredible, immensely beautiful jewel is what's always been so. That every step was a step away from it. And every step away from it was a step away from it. And every step towards it was a step away from it. Yeah? Nothing means nothing. Nothing. No something to, to entertain nothing. Nothing. In fact, there's no something to entertain this. We're convincing what you aren't. <laughs> you know, it's like, self has, has, selfing has captured two homing pigeons called attention and interest. And it has those homing pigeons in a coop called self-centeredness. And it's attempting to constantly convince those homing pigeons that they're at home. And it has those homing pigeons constantly absorbed in that coop. But if you can entertain that that coop is not your your true home, the nature of the homing pigeon will look away from that, and it will probably start moving towards what a true home is. So we're going to the idea that you are not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That your attention and interest is absorbed in reinforcing all day. Because it's been hijacked. The mental process of this brain has presented, or represented, your conscious contact in life as a someone who's in the conscious contact. So our attention and interest is absorbed in reinforcing this illusion. So it's constantly highlighting the thoughts that reinforce it. So the, the 
your attention and interest, which is actually how you travel free here, is now bonding you because it's been hijacked. So your, your interest and attention, these homing pigeons, keep getting drawn into a, a false home. And they do their job. You sense yourself as real, don't you? You feel as this, as if this is you. All your interest and attention creates the web that you seem to be stuck in. We're just snipping that interest and attention by saying, I may not be that self. When the interest and attention is free from homing in on that, it's going to go to its true home, which is spiritually natured. Yes? What you're sensing to be you now, you'll have another sense of you, but it won't be a you as a body. Yeah? You'll have a sense, and it's not of a you, you'll have a sense of the spirit. Yeah? What better immunity to illusion than is reality? How can you have an immunity through it? to an illusion by another illusion. It's impossible. The whole, the whole realm is infected with the, with the disease. You can't, self can't get out of self-centeredness because it's a product of self-centeredness. There is no self other than in the process of self-centeredness. Yeah. There's a mental process of self-centeredness. It produces a sense of being a self. How can that self transcend that system, if it's a product of the system, it doesn't exist anywhere, it never exists actually, but it doesn't appear anywhere other than in your freaking head. <laughs> but, no. The but is the selfing once again. But, my conditions are, are stopping me from entertaining this. The entertaining of it is a preliminary little invitation to hopefully to free up your ability to entertain from entertaining selfing all day. Yeah? You have entertained this place to be real, haven't you? You've entertained separation. You've entertained lack. You can actually entertain what's not happening and make it override what's happening. Your ability to entertain is unfreaking believable. But it's being directed by a mental process called self-centeredness. And therefore, you can only entertain what it allows you to entertain. Your ability to entertain has been straightjacketed by a system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness. And your, your ability to entertain new possibility has been saddled with the same old, same old possibilities. Another fairy princess, another job, another kid, another house, another trip, another that, another this. Constantly seeking relief from the unbearability of what you're not. So we're throwing in a new, another possibility. This possibility is thrown into the mix of self-centeredness. We're throwing it in. You may not be that. If you're not that, why do you have to go to battle with it? There's no argument with a phantom fighter. You wake up and you realize the fight never was on. It's been a done deal because it was never undone. Never. No matter what heinous act you did hasn't changed the fact of what's so. This is really a choicelessness. Just like in recovery, it's abstinence. Yeah? Abstinence. You don't do anything. You ever see someone who starts starts drinking, just starts entertaining the idea of drinking? 
And then he starts drinking again, and he says, oh, I'm doing it quite successfully. Yeah, because the, he hasn't gotten arrested yet. But his head is totally obsessed with, should I drink or not today? It's just a one track. All of that ability to entertain is entertaining. What will happen if I do or I don't? Unbelievable. That's the freedom of abstinence. You don't think about it ever again. Yeah? It's a done deal. There's no either or, yes or no, what if, this, that. All of those false possibilities are removed, and in choicelessness, there's the freedom. The exact same thing with your spiritual condition. It's a choiceless state. You have absolutely nothing to do with it. That's the recognition. And it's not demonstrated by having no thoughts. It's recognition that you never had a thought. There was never a... There's not, there, the, thought that, the thought of being a self never had another thought. It's right in the same stream called thinking. Yeah? The thing that has risen up, it's sort of, it's sort of like an amphibian. It climbed out of the, the, uh, the self-centered ocean and it made up an imaginary island where it became a long-lasting, separate, independent entity. And then, because there's consciousness, noticing all of the activity of life, it claimed every last motherfucking one of them. <laughs> Thinking, pissing, shitting, eating. I'm hearing. I heard a lot today. You didn't hear a damn thing. The ears heard it, and consciousness was aware of it. And then your head represented it and made a story up about it. We don't even tell the truth about the basic denominator of living here, which is conscious contact. The head's claimed every conscious contact as I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm smelling, I'm thinking. It's a thought claiming what's prior to thought. Yeah? Subjugating what's prior to thought to become an old idea, to become something stagnant and something to be known and conceptualized and made memories of. Yes? and partitioned and diced into past and future. So my life is what I can remember. <laughs> when someone said, did you have a great life, how can you actually say yes or no? It's, how can you stop in the living of it to go, oh, let's see, let's see. Let me see, I hit all those signposts. Yeah, I had a great life. You're, you're on the escalator. It's like a moving uh, stairs, or, you know, the moving sidewalk. You can't, there's no point of stopping. You can't start pontificating as if life is under a piece of glass that it's been neutered, and the, the living of it, or the being of it, has been extracted, so now you can know it. Yes, I'm going to announce I had a great life. And then, you know, a lot of people do that, and at the moment of death, they realize it was totally worthless. <laughs> it was neither. It wasn't a great life or worthless. It was the living of it. Yeah. How can we say the living of it started when <laughs> this body showed up and ends when the body shows up? Come on. Living is infinite. Yeah, there's no starting and stopping. Oh, this is where I get off. No, you don't get off. There's no getting off. There's no getting off, that's why there's no need to get on. There's 
no getting off, you, can't, you don't have it, and you, therefore you can't lose it. Yeah? When you believe you have something, you believe you can lose it. You don't have this, and you can't lose it. Don't you see the choicelessness of it? That's what smacked me. That was the initials and bitch slap to me. The fucking choicelessness of it. This whole idea of yes and no and good and bad that I was playing, my mind was playing around with all freaking day, all life, was pulled out from underneath it. What? Yeah. It's choiceless. You are that. Not just on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Mondays or when you deem you are, but at all moments and at never at any and no moment you are that. Yeah. A little bit of that will leak into this this place of this and that, yeah, and it will sober the month. It will sober you up. Yeah, you'll get with your mind. Well, you don't. Your mind and the captured consciousness that's been enslaved to the mind and the body will be freed and leave the this and that world and will rest in that. Yeah. So the same thing that's driving you crazy, when that attention and interest is freed from that false idol called self, that same interest and attention is what they call in spirituality abiding in the self. It's the exact same energy. When you're totally crazy obsessed with self and when there's an abidance in the truth, it's the same energy. It's the exact same energy. It's just the same like we say every time we're at these meetings. You and I have tons of faith. Each one of us in this room. Tons of faith. You don't need one ounce more faith. And I don't need one ounce more faith. We have tons of faith. But faith manifests in this realm by what you put it in. Look at where the faith is in your life. Is it in your thinking system? Is it in the thought system? If you start realizing that the thoughts that you're calling yours aren't your thoughts, you'll start weakening its established foundation. And then, when that foundation gets weakened and weakened more, it will lead you to the oldest thought, which is you as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? Or it can, it has that potential. Most people don't make that leap, but at least you can entertain the thoughts that are happening in your head aren't yours. Especially if you're in recovery, because we sit in these rooms and people share what you used to call your thoughts all day. And your feelings, and your reactions to life. How could they be yours, if so many of us do it? Yeah? I mean, what do we identify with here? Do I identify with where you come from? No, I identify with what's taking you over, because that thing took me over. Called alcoholism, a parasite. Yeah? And we have found out its characteristics and traits. They've been written down in a book. We've had 70 years to go over it. 70 years, people who suffer from the same takeover have gotten together all around the world, sharing, 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 and some of us are missing the most basic point. We don't see it. We keep having the terminal uniqueness reasserted, thinking you have private thoughts and private feelings and private reactions. No one's ever done what I've done to someone in life. Yes, they have. <laughs> Did you ever do an inventory and then you told them the secret of all secrets? Mine was from when I was 11. Yeah. I had been paying security for it. You know, I had it in a very super airtight locked little compartment up there. All, a lot of my attention and interest was based on people not finding out that I did this. 
Yeah? So I'm 11, 11 years old. I get sober when I'm 36. Yeah? I have a, I meet. So this was, this was like a 25 year job. <laughs> I meet a sponsor, and then he's, we're doing the, you know, he tells me about the fourth step. So, and he says, you know, when you got this opportunity, you should tell the secrets that you had been holding. Yeah? Be a really good idea. As soon as I heard that, I didn't have to think about what secret. I was very aware that this was the secret. Yeah? So, <laughs> so I, it, was like, it was like going into the crypt. Tales from the crypt. There's a lot of tales from that crypt. So, but... Thank God I was convinced and I had the willingness. So when I had the chance to share it with another human being, the first time it came out of that fucking moldy, you know, little ca- you know, cabinet up there, I brought it out and I'm going to say it to the guy. And then I say it to him and he, he yawns. He misses <laughs> So I, had, I, was, I swore I was never going to bring it out. I finally bring it out after 25 years and I have to bring it out again. And the same, you know, a minute later. I, I, you know, I said, what? Oh, I didn't hear. What did you say? <laughs> but what beautiful thing about it is when that occurred, all that space, I'm not talking, you know, we use the cabinet analogy, but all that space, and especially all the interest and attention that was assigned to keeping that in place and not letting anyone find out, were freed up. Yeah? What happens is, that's when you can entertain other possibilities. If you have been hijacked, your attention and interest and ability to entertain and give meaning to things by self-centeredness, by a mental process, that's all of those, all those attributes get weakened. Your interest and attention isn't free-ranging anymore. It's going to the same, same thing every freaking day. It's all about you. I, me, mine. Yeah? The possibilities are so limited by where you're shopping. Yeah? Self-centeredness. Will she save me? Will he save me? Will this Agadah save me? Basically, we're looking for a savior every minute of the day. Yeah? And the meaning giving that you're going to give all the meaning to life is going to be directed and distributed by a system of thought and interpretation. Self-centeredness. It's like putting a gazelle in a, like a two-by-two cage. Yeah, Its whole nature is to run really fast and jump and unbelievably. And you've taken out the whole thing that you would call it to be a gazelle for. Yeah. So if you're calling yourself a being, but what you're identified as has extracted all the beingness out of it. You're just the same old fucking same old, aren't you? Every freaking year a day. If you go back to your life, you'll see the same pattern. All day, every day. As soon as this parasite took you over, the wonder and awe of life left. Hasn't it? Then that faith that allowed you to have an ease and comfort in your skin because you didn't know any better at that time. You were free because you were in that spirit. Turns into hope. Yeah? You know it's never going to work out, but you hope it will. You hope this will save you, or that will save you. And you really love to get out of the system, but you don't understand. You're identified as it. 
So self tries to get out of the system of self-centeredness, that's being in it. And hopefully you'll run into someone, you may not like how he or she is, but hopefully they'll lay this invitation on you so that that head can entertain, possibly I'm not that which is smothering my life. Yeah? Instead of hoping that it will be okay later, you can entertain it's okay, totally okay now, despite the circumstances and the appearances and the perceptions. Yes. There's nothing you and I need to attain or acquire to be do this. What needs to happen is some of our attributes as this apparatus be freed up. You are conscious and you can become conscious of awareness. and Not conscious of you being aware because you are not aware of awareness. You can be conscious of awareness. don't have to, and it doesn't change the fact that you are awareness. How could it? That would make awareness conditional based on your situation. It's not playing that game. It's causeless. Yeah? There's no beginning or end. It's just what's so. It's like an oddness that never, ever, ever goes off. Yeah? It's just on. It's what I believe really fits the sense of being. It's a livingness. Like you can't take a break because that would be like you were stepping off it. You can't step out of this verb of living. Duality applies to what's appearing in duality as objects, yeah? So, yes, this can be born and die. Yeah. Things change in degrees. There can be a hot day and a, and a cool day. There can be close and far. There can be yes and no. There can be either or. But in the choicelessness, there isn't a... There, the duality appears in that choicelessness, but it's not defined by the appearance of choice of duality. Yeah. So what you are, it's like in the old Hindu scriptures, they'd say, we are all children of a barren mother. We're all children of a barren mother. In other words, what we are has never been born. How could a barren mother give birth? We were never born. We are not of this place. Like Jesus supposedly said. I don't know why he said it, but 
you know, about the idea of you're in this world, but you're not of this world. You're in this world, yes, seemingly, but you're not of it. Your essence is of choicelessness. It's like the undifferentiated light. You know, undifferentiated means it's light. Yeah, no difference whatsoever, just light. That undifferentiated light, and it's not doing this, but it's a nice way of picturing it, comes through this body. And this body is like a set of lenses that causes the undifferentiated light to appear to be differentiated. Yeah. So now you see light as different things. And you're seeing light through this thing. Part of this thing has a brain and it through and the brain's process creates an illusion or makes an illusion that you are this thing. Yeah. But you're, like the scientist is what sees the stars. It, the telescope doesn't see the stars, does it? The telescope just facilitates seeing the stars for the scientist. So let's say the scientist is the undifferentiated light or what you are. And here, in this place of appearances, it has to go through this to see itself as different, yeah? So, this light comes through here and then gets to see itself as different, and the consciousness has forgotten the undifferentiated light and has taken itself to be the telescope, yeah? So the telescope is now claiming it's the subject, but the telescope is just an object which the subject looks through. To see itself as objects, yes? This is just a simple recognition. So most of us, why would a thought in your head that sounded like you have such an effect on you? And you would recognize if a thought in your head sounded like, let's say, a friend of yours, let's say Mary's had her voice, you would have a different feel for that thought because there's an identification with the sound that's issuing from the vocal cords of this body because you identify as this body. The act of identifying is what captures your consciousness. And the act of identifying wasn't a tattoo you got 20 years ago. It's a verb that the, mental, the mind, the mental process is doing. This is why I call it selfing. It's selfing a sense of being a noun. So. And I believe what you're suffering from is your verb trying to live life as a noun. Literally. Yeah. And or you're a lion and trying to live life like a sheep. It's the same sort of analogy. Yeah? So it'd be great, I mean, but the thing is, the verb gets lost in as soon as the verb is seen as a noun, it loses its beingness, yeah. So could you say that in a sense in your life that you would actually be worthy of the statement, I'm a human being, if you really looked at how your day goes, would you actually say that a lot? When basically your mental interpretation of the day is the same as it's always been probably? Maybe a little bit different because of this or that, but really the same, same. So we don't even, dis we don't get the sense of being because we're a noun. We're not a noun, but we've become identified as a noun. And in that identification, you lose the sense of being. And now, 
we, we do some extreme stuff or we do this and we try to get excited just like shooting up or it's like an electroshock so that being will reign supreme at least for five minutes when that coach is coursing through my blood and blowing my brain out my heart. At least for those five minutes I'll feel like a being, yes? I'll feel like, yeah! And then what happens? The downing takes over and so you start looking more and more for something to excite you. Into what? Into sensing your own true nature as it manifests here, which is being. We're saying what's causing that to be so seemingly happening here is the misidentification. We've called a verb a noun. And in that process, we lose the verb. Yeah? So. Yeah? Because of uh, because life happening in different paths, as in this place of neutrality, duality, uh, as, as my true nature takes interest, and then as life happens, I take a path that, that, that allows me to define me. Your head defines you. You don't need a. De- you're not a definition. You can't be defined. You can only be sensed. Yeah. People you're moving. People are different. People are different, Pushers, but papers, yes, but those are just the appearances. Yeah. Why would you want to be defined by something that's going to come and go? What happens if you're a baker and then something you break an arm or a leg? You can't bake anymore then what are you? I'm not a baker. (laughs) And then you you mourn the loss of being a baker because now you're not a baker. That's the the heaven and hell of this realm. Yeah? In this realm, there can't be a heaven without a hell. They're both the same. Yeah? Heaven and hell are two sides of the same coin. We're talking about a different currency in a sense. A currency of absolute choicelessness. So the mind, its movement of this and that, either or, da 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 da, gets sort of put to the, put on the dime, you know, and then its stillness is available. Yes, because it's it's like a sleight of hand constantly. Well, I could have done this. I should have done that. If I would have done that. Basically, at every moment, you're making the best decision you think you can make, obviously. Yeah? But what happens? As soon as, the, as soon as it's represented again, you think, that was a terrible decision. I should have done this. I should have done that. So it's all this movement. But the stillness of choicelessness is always there, always available at all times. Your nature is not based on you appreciating it. Your nature is the nature. If you realize this you that you think you are isn't you, you'll sense the appreciation of it by living, being. But not as a you. You won't sense it as a you. You won't. You'll read about it. You'll make stories around it. You'll say it was produced by something I did. I went to that retreat or that waterfall. It's all bullshit. (laughs) This cannot be conjured up by something you did and then lost by something you didn't do. It's way more substantial than that. Yeah. Like Ramana used to say, if you have a piece that comes and goes, it ain't worth it. <laughs> Throw away that piece. Throw away that piece. And like he also says, you know God by being God. When you know God, 
being God. No God implies you and God. Being God does not imply you anymore, does it? So when you know God, being that's that's what being God is. See? You know God, yeah? your knowing God is being God. Yeah. So thoughts come up now, but they don't go anywhere. They just kind of come up, and sometimes excitement comes up. Sometimes you know, there's like even just sitting here thinking, oh, race. There's an excitement behind it, but there's no more. There's no more like like jumping back and forth. There's no more hand slapping and goes back and forth. So what does come up though is like when you say things like, "But you," and I'm, and then the the, the 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 thing that thinks, yes, me, yeah. no, but it's not you. That's right. Keeps coming up. No, it's not you. He's not talking to you. That's right. And um, so it's just this new place. I mean, it's it's just. And, and, I, and it's, it just feels unfamiliar, and it just feels like it's, it's not, there's no fear. The fear is not there. That's not it. It's just the navigation, yeah. if you will. That's just a little unfamiliar, and, you know, it's claimed. I'm mean, not claiming it now. Mm. But, or whatever, you know. Yeah, if you claim it, you know. But it's, it's not, it's, it's, but there's just a navigational. Well, that's why we have three meetings a week. Yeah. <laughs> to provide a place where what may seem to be fragile and very precarious can be entertained in a safe space okay. with certain with a certainty in the room. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that that uh, that feeling of unokayness and all that baloney can be sort of so that you can at least for this hour or so entertain it freely. Yeah, without any restraints. There's nothing else going on in this room, right? right? We don't even have coffee, no cookies, nothing. We just come in, we hang out, yeah? But the message, see, the message isn't the words. It's the certainty of entertaining it, yeah? That's why, it, see, there wasn't, there isn't a me, a Paul, but there's a certain aspect of certainty, yeah? about this. That's all. So knowing that, we sit here and that certainty holds the space in a way and then we just sort of, you feel free and you don't get smacked or hurt or beat up or ba-da-ba. You can just entertain it. And then that that giant, you've got to realize that selfing plays God. And it's like the God of the Old Testament. It's vicious, vindictive, jealous. I'll smoke you, motherfucker. Don't put any God before me. I'll destroy your families. I'll turn you into stone. This sounds like your head, doesn't it? It's like the freak. I think the whole Old Testament mistook selfing as God. Playing God. So that this, the head's playing God constantly. And a lot of people really... It's amazing what they do. I remember a lady got moved very much by this message and then left to her own devices how she interpreted the message was this would mean that if I'm not a person and my sisters aren't people then where will the filial or the love for my sister go? So the head, the natural desire to go for the message was preempted by this idea but you won't love your sister as much as you did and, and then you won't love your family anymore. Total insanity. 
but it, it, came, it stopped her, in a sense. To, so the being was there, and she went, Ooh, hold your horses! I'll lose my filial love for my sister. <laughs> and she's been entertaining this, for, she stays in touch with me for at least eight or nine years. It's incredible. So here we try to make a safe place. We don't have much acting, you know, we don't have pictures of past lions or flowers or anything like that. We're not doing massage, and, you know. We're not having every weekend an intensive of integrating your awakening into normal life or nothing like that. We're not giving you anything, yeah, which to me is the best message of all. Come in here with nothing, and you'll leave with nothing, hopefully. And that's the best thing. <laughs> really, it's the best thing that we get. Yeah. Yeah. So, isn't there a fine line between not existing and knowing God? No, there is no line. No. So, not a you as a you not existing. That's knowing God. doing it right now. That's just it. This is how it looks like. I know, I know. I'm just, no, I'm just, it's not a state, no. no. A state is something that comes and goes. So in order to recognize this No, no. This is entertaining a stateless state, if you want to put it that way. See, to me, entertaining, I, it's hard to get. I know, I know, I see where you come from, but it's hard to put it into like a form. Because it's, it's not like, all right, this is how I entertain. To me, entertaining is sort of like this. No, 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 no. Because the selfing is seen as selfing. Entertaining is just the immediacy of the reflection in consciousness without the, the intermediary of a self. In other words, there's, there's an immediacy in entertaining. There's no time in it whatsoever. In other words, you are as you are super clear, super clarity. Let's say yes? Let's say that. Let's just say that. <laughs> that there is no entertaining, doesn't have a you and what's being entertained. Yeah? It takes out the whole thing of time and space. It's just, it's like a quantum, timeless type. So it's the non-existence of entertainment. Of entertaining. No, it's not the non-existence of entertaining. Entertaining is... Entertaining is, for me, consciousness unbridled by selfing. Yes? You ever had I've never had anything, really. Total bliss has occurred, for sure. But let me go with this a second, if you want to go with that. I'm not doing this to, like... I know, I know. I'm not taking it that way. So that way I don't have to quantify what I'm not doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm merely, I'm querying 
Well, it isn't a state in a sense. Entertaining is, is to me, it's always there. It's always going on. Yes? That's sort of what I'm calling. I'm calling it entertaining because the state of entertaining is always entertaining itself. In other words, consciousness is conscious. Yes? Do you know what I mean? Consciousness, so it's, a, it's like a, it's, there was never a point where it started to be entertained or will it, when it's not entertained. There's just an entertaining. That's what happens. See, when I'm sitting here, whatever's going on, and there's a pause, immediately that's entertaining. Then there's talking, and behind that is entertaining. Yes? Then there's taking a shit, and behind that's entertaining. So if my attention is freed from what's happening here, there's immediate entertaining. There's like no state. Yeah? It's just that this is what's happening here. This whole place is being entertained. You are being entertained. So that's what I call entertaining. Well, it is an acknowledgement because consciousness, free from being conscious solely of being a body and a mental process, recognizes itself immediately. There's no time in it because it's not anything other than consciousness. Yeah? So, in consciousness, how, there, how could there be an unconsciousness of its own nature? It's impossible. Yeah? That's what it is. It's quicker than me ever entertaining anything. It's just that Things are going on, going on, going on, and then your interest attention is going to the entertaining. But I'm not doing any entertaining. Yeah? I'm just, my interest and attention goes to the entertaining. There's no going to it, but it becomes a, it emphasizes the entertaining, but the entertaining has nothing to do with doing or having or states. It's just, I haven't seen it to be a state. It's just, in, it's a, a way, it's consciousness knows inherently it's conscious. There's no need to entertain anything or this or that. That's what I'm calling entertaining. Because consciousness is entertaining, to me, the entertaining and being are very similar. The movement here is being, yes? Things come into appearance and go, uh, things arise and disappear. We call it being, yeah? To me, the entertaining is like being. I'm not entertaining being, they're the same. Entertaining and being are the same, to me. It's hard to say, it's, it's harder to say it, but I'll keep exploring it. Can you understand the state of conflict that I'm trying to describe, though? As far as taking it back, 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 back. I would just ask, who is it that's taking it back? someone who's entertaining the idea of not entertaining the fact that I'm taking it back. <laughs> well, I'd ask yourself again another question. Who is that someone? Who is that someone? Yeah? An entertaining being. <laughs> no, no. All right. Who is that entertaining being? I'm not trying to argue this out with you. I'm just trying to describe... Um, well, in fact, I'm going to tell you, I can't help you. A state of conflict. I can't help you. <laughs> I just cannot. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't know. You have to say it again to me. I don't know where you're going with it. Really, right now. No, no. And I have no problem with it. No, I don't either. I have no problem. So you're you're afraid about that, that it's a state that you're entertaining. 
just trying to understand the difference between entertaining a state of non-entertainment. Because without... Yes, all right, all right, all right. So your head is entertaining a state of non-entertainment because your head is in duality and it thinks it has the choice and the possibility. What I'm saying is, this is choicelessness. Yeah? In other words, your head thinks it can entertain something or it can think it can entertain non-entertaining. My head thinks I can entertain Exactly. That's the head. You're not that. You are choicelessness. That's the entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's a good place to believe it at. Never started. <laughs> I kind of get it's like on the way over here. I was, I was, I had all these thoughts, over thoughts, over thoughts, over thoughts, and then all of a sudden, we, it was like there was choicelessness. There was, I mean, I, I, I get that. Like yeah. the entertainment of that, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to act on that thought. It's just I'm here, and all of a sudden, I got out of the thought, and I was able to see. It was just. That's how I kind of, that's, that's how I understand what you mean by choicelessness. Yeah, yeah. Choicelessness is, yeah. Yes. Uh, the way I, I was thinking about it the other day was like, um, I was thinking about, you know, the story of my life, you know, and how if I, like, made a documentary about my life, and it would have all these plot points and moments and stuff, and I could do the same thing for, like, a company like Safeway or Enron things and it would look exactly the same structurally. Like me having a life looks exactly the same as these inanimate objects having a life. <laughs> but I know instinctively that I'm alive and that these things aren't alive. My knowing that I'm alive precedes any comprehension of a life. So the fact that I know I'm alive and I'm right here right now is existence and that's all there is and that's all there ever was and ever will be. It's just the state of being right here right now. And that's why there are no now that there's only the being of it, because any any idea of me that had a beginning or has an end, like anything that has a beginning or an end, is fictional. It's a story. Like a, it's a character in a story. Anything in this world that has a beginning and an end, it's all fictional. What makes me alive is intrinsic and infinite. You know, and I can I can I know that before I comprehend the idea of who I am and you know, what my life is and what my life is like, I exist, like, that's kind of the, right, like, it's, it's just... <laughs> don't, don't, it's right it's for you, just, brother, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are, I mean, everything I can say about myself, I can say about, about the wall, I can say about any inanimate object, you know, but yet here I am, I'm right here, and that's, there's no proof of that. There's no proof of life or existence, but here it is, you know? And so I think that's the choicelessness, right? Yeah. Here it is. There's no non-existence. Any idea of non-existence is is just the mental process creating a fictional idea. It's fiction. It's a lie. When the truth is right here, right now. That's all that there is. You know, that that's all that's true. Every, you know. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you define yourself? But that's just in the appearances. Yes? We have to give back to life. Nothing's for free. Yeah, yeah, but you give back to life instinctively before you have this idea of giving back 